Hi, and welcome to AGM Watch, brought to you by the Australian Shareholders Association. Coming up on October 8, 2020, is the Trans-Urban AGM, and our company monitor is Mike Muntasov. G'day, Mike. Hi, Phil. How are you? We're going to be talking about Transurban today, and you've got uh, you've been monitoring this company for a while now. This is not your first time with Transurban, is it? Well, I've been monitoring them for about three years. Mm-hmm. They're a very interesting company, a pretty well-known company, as you may be aware, or, or, or listeners may be aware that you know Transurban started as a single asset business. It, it, it's basically a toll road owner and operator. That's its core business, and that's all it does. And it started in the year 2000 with the CityLink project in Melbourne. And at that time, it had one asset, which was CityLink, which is a big asset, remains one of its biggest, and one market, which is Melbourne. And today, or by the end of this financial year, it will have 21 operational assets in five markets around the world. And those five are in Melbourne, uh, Sydney, which, which has got a very dominant position in Sydney, in Brisbane area and, and, and south, uh, and then in North America, in the Washington DC region, they have a couple of projects, and they have one bridge toll road in Montreal in Canada. So that's uh, an interesting history. 20 years, they've gone from a single asset, one market, to 21 assets in five markets. Uh, a very interesting journey. Let's start off with um, some of the positive news about the company. You appear to have a quite a favourable view about their capital raising and how it affects uh, retail investors. Yeah, look, Transurban's got one of the best track records in terms of the way they've approached capital raisings, and they've had several of them over the last few years. And they use the approach, I, I haven't got the full term here, it's quite a mouthful, but in, in shorthand, it's called the Patrio method of capital raising and what that means is that retail shareholders are offered an entitlement to buy some shares as part of the capital raising but if they fail to do that or if they don't want to do that they can sell rights to that purchase and and get some money or even if they don't do anything at all the company will sell the lapsed rights on the market and reimburse all shareholders by an amount that they get from that sale. So what that means is rather than some very quick capital raisings, institutional capital raisings, which dilute the retail shareholder, and that retail shareholder can't actually maintain their their shareholding proportion, in this way they are compensated, in this Patreon method they are compensated whether they take up the shares or not. Because, for example, some retail shareholders may not have the cash to buy the shares. And so there may be a very good offer on the table, but they can't take it up because they don't have the cash. Well, in this case, they can sell the rights and be compensated for not being able to take up the shares. So it's a very good method of capital raising in terms of uh, fairness for retail shareholders. And over the last few years, uh, Transurban's done several raisings and they've used the Patreon method most of the time. They didn't last time but it was a a smaller raising and they did have a share purchase plan which is still advantageous for retail shareholders. And the reason they've done these capital raisings is because of course they've had some big 
projects that they've invested into, especially in Sydney, in the West Connects project, for example. And so they've needed the capital for uh, projects like that. And uh, a little voice in my ear has just uh, pointed out that this is the pro rata accelerated institutional with tradable retail entitlement offer. That's exactly right, Phil, and that's exactly why I can't remember it. <laughs> it is a mouthful. <laughs> so they actually, yeah, I suppose this kind of company, they do need a lot of capital up front <clears throat> for which they can then build an asset. And that's, the, that's their business model. They put the money up front, a lot of money. Some of it is equity, a lot of it is debt. So they have a lot of debt that they carry. But what, what they do get in return is a, is a license or a concession, what's called a concession, to operate that toll road for very long periods of time. So for example, even with the um, CityLink in Melbourne, which was originally in 2000, they've had that extended now and it, is, it, it goes through to the year 2045. Some of their other projects go through even further. For example, their Fredericksburg project in Washington DC, that goes through to 2087. So these are really long-term licenses or con- concessions that they have the rights to toll for. And of course, the way they do it is that they model the amount of capital they've got to put up front, then the sort of toll levels they need to recover, not only the cost of construction, but the debt costs and paying a a reasonable return to shareholders. And at the end of the concession, have a fully paid off asset that typically they have to hand back to government for nothing. So that's quite a a long-term business model is quite different to normal businesses and one that pension funds love. So pension funds have joined forces with uh, Transurban in a number of projects. So West Connects, I think is 50%, I think is uh, Australian Super. I think some of their other projects are, are jointly with the Canadian pension funds, for example. So the pension funds love these because they're long-term returns, right? And that's, that's fairly certain returns. So what are the other issues that you're looking at in uh, this AGM season? Uh, Well, in terms of this AGM season, we've had a pretty good relationship with Transurban. They're they're quite responsive. And as I've mentioned, uh, in terms of capital raising, been very good for uh, retail shareholders. This year, we've got a couple of issues that we have with them at the AGM. The first one is uh, in terms of a a director, Neil Chatfield, who in 2017, they undertook that uh, when he was seeking re-election there, that this would be his last term because he's coming up, he's now at 11 years and we nominally like to see directors in office for no longer than 12 years uh, because we start to question the independence of a director beyond 12 years. So he's getting to that point. And so lo and behold, this year we see that he's up for re-election again for what they say is part of a term to allow us for succession planning. So in our view, that's not entirely acceptable given that they've had three years to have some orderly succession. So we're going to be voting against Mr Chatfield's um, election at, in this, uh, at this AGM season. And I suppose the second issue we have is one that we've raised with Transurban over the last couple of AGMs, and that's to do with the performance period for the long-term incentive plan of the CEO. And so typically what happens with the long-term incentives is performance rights that are granted to the CEO, performance rights being rights to shares, that if certain performance measures are hit, they will be granted uh, certain numbers of shares according to the plan. And these are quite big numbers, like over $3 million worth of shares. So they're not a trivial uh, payment. And we've been arguing 
well, I'm perhaps not arguing, but putting the point to Transurban over the last couple of years that given the business model, and I've already outlined to you how long these concessions are, that we think a performance period of only three years is too short for a company like Transurban because the project development timelines for these projects are massive. They, they can be five, six years just to get the project up and running. And then, of course, there's you've got the concession period can go for 40, 50, 60, 80 years. We think a longer term performance period is appropriate. And so we're pushing for at least four years. Done a little bit of research showing that the top eight companies in the ASX by market capitalization all have long-term incentive performance periods of four years or more. Number nine on the list is Woolworths. They have three years. And number 10 on the list is Transurban, and they have three years. And really for their business model, we think that three years is not appropriate and we, we think they should move to four years. So for that reason, we're going to be voting against the, the granting of the long-term incentive uh, rights uh, at this AGM. And uh, this AGM presumably is going to be a, a virtual one. Do you find that challenging? Well, the challenge is that, you know, in the, in the face-to-face one, you have the opportunity to stand up and, and look the directors in the eye and, and ask them the question and to follow up. If they answer a question, you believe that they haven't really answered it, you can stay at the microphone and you can an- and ask a follow-up question. Whereas online... Uh, in most cases, in some exceptions, you have to type in your question or send it in advance. We've sent ours in advance in this case, but you have to type the question in. And if they if they don't answer your question in a way that you feel is satisfactory, it's very hard to type in a follow-on question and have that have the continuity that you would like to have in a discussion that you might have in an AGM. So that becomes a bit of a problem. Uh, but look, you know, that's the life we're in. We've got to live with that and do the most best we can. And that's why we've sent the questions in in advance, make sure there's no technical glitches occur on the day and, and find that our questions don't get asked at all. At all. So, yeah, it, it's different. Uh, and, and the companies are, are struggling with it uh, themselves. They've got to come to grips with it. I, I think they're trying their best, by the way. I think they're, they're trying their very best to, to make it as user-friendly as they can for the uh, shareholder and to be as inclusive as they can. And the one big advantage, Phil, is that people who don't live in the city of the AGM can attend the AGM and participate, which we didn't do before. So actually there, there is a, there's quite an upside to it. And um, have we met with the directors this time? Uh, we've met with the chairman, who's Lindsay Maxted, one of the best known directors and chairs, formerly of Westpac. <laughs> Uh, but also still a director at uh, BHP. And we met with the company secretary and investor relations, yes. So we have met with them and we've had these discussions that we've talked about. Is there anything else that we need to be aware of in uh, Transurban in this AGM season? Just general uh, general interest are things like the Westgate Tunnel Project, which is uh, a big project here in Melbourne, which has been delayed because of a dispute and this is one of the risks uh, in, in, in big project development, is always going to be something that may not go perfectly. Other than that, I think that it wouldn't surprise me if, if they are looking carefully around their markets and seeing what other opportunities there are to, in, you know, to invest in, in perhaps projects that are uh, going to get fast-tracked because of the, the virus and the government uh, wanting to invest uh, in the economy. Uh, infrastructure is one of the key areas people are talking about, and it wouldn't surprise me at all if there's a couple of big projects be brought forward, and that might suit Transurban really, really well. So 
that's a question we get, we have asked, we've posed to them, and they'll probably answer that anyway at the AGM. And the other thing, of course, has been the traffic drop away due to COVID. There was a, a quite a decline in the first month. Uh, that's recovered quite strongly. So they're, they're getting closer to where they used to be. Uh, that panicked the market for a while, but I, th- I think they're getting closer to where they, they used to be in, in all their markets. Has that effect been worldwide or um, uh, based in Australia only? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yes, it has. And in fact, what's interesting about Transurban, and it's an interesting one generally, is that they published all this information. So if you're wanting to get a sense of what the economies are like through the traffic movement, you can by looking at uh, Transurban's data that they've quite openly published in terms of all of their markets and how well certain traffic numbers have recovered, again, all through this. So I'm looking at some of their numbers right now. And so July... For example, well, to give you an example, the bridge in Montreal in the first month of the COVID, the traffic was down 38%. As of July, it's down 9% uh, compared to comparable periods. So that gives you a feel. Where, where they have suffered more, by the way, out of interest is uh, the Washington DC area. So their latest numbers there are quite low. So I'm just looking at their numbers as we're speaking, but you know, they are down 36% or 50% in those, in those projects. And the reason for that is an interesting one, Phil, and that is because the Washington, D.C. area projects that Transurban owns and operates are different to the toll roads that we're familiar with here in Australia. The ones there are actual express lanes. And so what they are is that you have, a, let's assume we have a freeway and Transurban has built and a freeway that's a highly congested freeway. So what they've built there, what's called express lanes, so that if you want to, you can travel on the freeway and be stuck in traffic for an hour, or you can pay the toll and move on to the express lanes, do your trip very, very quickly. And these express lanes are interesting also because they're dynamically priced. So as you, you know, on a particularly bad day, if it's, you know, if the traffic is stopped, the price might be quite expensive, it might be 20 bucks to go, you know, a couple of uh, segments, but in the middle of the night, it might be a dollar. So they have these algorithms that, that price this dynamically. And the reason, so the reason that they, they are down, their numbers are down in, in the Washington DC area is of course, the overall traffic is down. And so the need to use the express lanes has sort of gone away, uh, at least temporarily. So that's a really interesting uh, little Artifact. That's a small portion of their portfolio, of course, but the Australian portion is is, is building back uh, quite well. Mike, can you give us an idea of the number and size of these proxies that you've wielded at the meetings over the last few years? Well, well, you know, as you know, um, we 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 take on uh, we receive proxies from shareholders, and last year at the Transurban AGM, we had uh, proxies from five hundred and twenty-three shareholders which was up a good um, 10% on the previous year. And uh, so we held proxies to the value of $50 million in, in share value. At, uh, and that's what we voted at last year's AGM. So hopefully we'll, we'll have a similar or better number this year as well at the AGM. Okay, Mike, thank you very much for joining us today. It's been great chatting with you. No worries, Phil. It's been a pleasure. Thank you.